Hey, Pod People. Welcome to Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts and this Community Spotlight episode. Mine, I'm Jasmine Hammond, the Director of Community at Pod People, and I'm excited for you to learn more about my vision for the Pod People community. We are shining the Community Spotlight within Pod People for an episode so you can get a glimpse behind the curtain of community. Despite being only a few blocks from one another in Brooklyn, Matt Sav, our head of production, and I settled into closets in our respective apartments and chatted about my background in theater and education, the resources we've already made available to our community, and what we're excited to tell you is coming soon for the Pod People community. So please enjoy the conversation between Matt and myself about the future of this, our wonderful community. I went to school in Richmond, Virginia, where I focused in uh, theater performance. That's my background. And while practicing theater, I learned that education was really where I wanted to be. So I ended up in Lexington, Kentucky, teaching in an internship with the Lexington Children's Theater. And that's where I realized curriculum development, lesson planning. That's my jam. So I ended up moving to Philadelphia, which brought me to the Walnut Street Theater, where I was an acting apprentice, and they got me into some classes there. And from there, my educational career kind of just continued to build. I became their first resident teaching artist, then their assistant director of education, ended up at the Kimmel Center doing some educational work over there. And I've kind of just made my way in the educational realm from that, which is really exciting to me. That is all amazing. I'm really interested of all those years that you were kind of transitioning from theater into education and community. Was there particular projects that you worked on that really solidified your love for community building? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was at the Walnut Street Theater, I had an opportunity to work on the Disney musicals and schools program with Disney. A part of that was traveling up to New York a lot, working with the Disney education staff and then meeting education philosophers from all over the world, literally, to make this program a international program. And through that experience, I not only had an opportunity to work with my immediate cohorts of educators, but I was really getting a sense for what education and community felt like in different states and different countries. Mm. And we really developed this this team of appreciation when it came to connecting people through that process. So not only was it the art of theater and singing and dancing that mm. became very important, but it became important for us to understand that the people around us needed educational resources and opportunities that united us through the work that we were doing. So that was one of the really big turning points for me. Another one actually happened at the Walnut where I was working on our first sensory friendly programming there. The Walnut Street Theater is known for being the first major theater in Philadelphia to do sensory friendly programming. And as a part of that, I was working a lot on accessibility measures within the building and outside, working with different government officials and hospital people and doctors to make sure that the programming we were providing was accessible and inclusive to all. And it really opened my eyes to how the arts isn't really inclusive of everyone yeah. and what we can do to make sure that that work was really reaching all parties. So those two experiences together really kind of set my view for what education could be and what community building should be. And I kind of use a lot of the resources that I practice in those two experiences in all of my work now. 
And was a lot of that in person or was a lot of it remote at the time? All of it was in person at the time. So we were having people travel in from New York or we were traveling to Florida or, you know, we were going all over the place to take in these resources from other people. With the Disney program, we were doing once a week phone calls with our cohorts, which was nice. But we did have an opportunity to meet everyone in person several times throughout the program. That's wonderful. And I feel like in the modern age, obviously, community as a concept has been extended so far beyond just our local communities, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what's so interesting about pod people is that, you know, we're a community in that we all share in the passion for podcasts. We share in a passion for career growth. Uh, So I'm interested, you know, how would you define community? And then how do you think it extends when you're working with a remote community? Oh, I love that. So the way that I think of community, it is a living, breathing vessel. It is an opportunity for people of diverse backgrounds to come together and to share their experiences and wisdom. I think a community is only truly a community when it is self-sufficient and can live on its own. So the idea of having centralized moderators that are running everything takes away quite a bit of the idea of a community being able to come together and almost have a, I would say, a democratic and diplomatic experience together. And that's very important to me is that the community has ownership over what's happening and it's not just run by one person. With that, working in the podcast realm, because everyone is so far apart because of COVID, but also because remote work works in this realm. It's very important that we're creating opportunities where people can still get together. And that's why these accessibility and inclusive measures are very important to me. Everything that we're producing with pod people is something that you can get involved with wherever you are at this point. So we are doing these amazing events that are all virtual so that no matter where you are, you can bounce in if you can deal with the time zone difference. You know, we have this wonderful platform circle that we're all working on, this social platform where at all times you can get on there and talk to someone, which is really beautiful. Circle specifically has really started to become this self-generating community-focused platform, and I'm hoping that we can continue to provide opportunities like that where the community really is the spokesperson, really is coming in and sharing their thoughts, their opinions, and having deep conversations about it in an open forum where only our community can interact. That's great. Yeah, you're starting to touch on some of these resources that Pod People currently offers. And so how would someone go about signing up for Circle? And maybe you can go a little bit deeper into some of the topics that are covered on Circle. Absolutely. So the first way to get on Circle is you have to be a community member. So it's very important if you are interested in joining our community that you go on to podpeople.com. We have a little section that says community. You can click right there. And then there's a survey that you can do to get your information in our system. And then you'll be onboarded by one of our matchmaking team members as soon as we get your information in. It takes about two weeks, I'd say, at this point. But it's it's a really cool process. It's a great survey. I had to do it when I came into the community, and it's really informative. From there, after you get onboarded, it's like a 30-minute coffee break with a matchmaking team member. We send you an email with all types of wonderful resources, and Circle is one of those resources that are on there. So other resources we provide, we have a wonderful monthly newsletter that's created by our community manager, Sammy Reed. She's dope. If you haven't met Sammy, you got to meet Sammy. I'm obsessed. We have events that we do once a month. We're going to hopefully amp that up next year that are virtual, usually educational or fun, or sometimes a mix. Like we just had a great spooky sound design contest. And we also had two artists come in and tell us about their sound design background, which is really exciting. And then we also have 
some other educational opportunities that are going to be coming out soon that I'm really excited to talk about when they are ready. But that will include our mentorship program, which we are revamping and going to be doing again. So I'm really excited about everything that we're doing. It's so much that you all are doing, and we're so grateful for that. You and Sammy and Madison, who I know helps, they help out with a lot of the events. You all have just been doing such wonderful work and creating such wonderful opportunities and resources for everyone in our community. Just back on Circle, though, I really, I would love to share, because I think you guys have created some interesting, specific topics of conversation. So, Maybe if you want to run everyone through the specific topics that are on Circle. Oh, yeah. So we have a bunch of really fun things that are going on where it's casual conversations. But then we have some juicy things that are going on, too, where we're talking about (laughs) our assistant producers versus associate producers. What are the difference? What are the pay rights? And having people kind of go head to head about what's going on on there is really interesting. We're also doing some great external job posting. So, you know, Pod People does amazing internal production things, but we also are trying to highlight other job opportunities that are happening in the audio world. So that's on there. So we have all types of people who are getting on there saying, oh my gosh, Marvel is doing this thing. That's so exciting. I want to apply. And they're finding that on Circle, which is super exciting. We're having some debates right now about the best tech to use for an at-home studio. So I know like We have someone on there that has a desktop computer and doesn't want a desktop and wants a laptop because she's going on the road and people are going in about what's the best computer. Like, I love it. And just seeing everybody's open opinions. And now people are getting new plugins that they'd never heard of. It's just super exciting. And, And the fact that people are going for it, which is really cool. I am trying to set aside at least 30 minutes to an hour each week to check in on what's going on with Circle. Yeah, I saw you on there. Yes, yes. And you're (laughs) going to see me more on there. I just saw there was recently a discussion about Isotope RX and those Mm -hmm. plugins for audio correction and, you know, thought there were some really interesting points being passed around and just really excited to keep up with that. You know, there are so many listservs out there where people are conversing over email But it gets so hard to go back and find conversations. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're spamming people's inboxes. So I love that we're creating a place where, you know, people in the industry can go to converse about all these topics in a way that's a little bit less spammy. Yes, (laughs) And more intentional, more intentional. (laughs) So um, really grateful that you set that up. In terms of signing up for the newsletter, do people automatically get signed up when they join Pod People, or is that something that people should reach out to you to join? Yeah, as soon as you join Pod People and you are onboarded, it is something that is automatically set up for you. So you're already in our system, which is it makes it super easy for you guys if you're interested in joining. Yeah. And a couple of other things. I know now we're recommending that people can add pod people on their LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Is this correct? Yeah, yeah. So actually, you can add us on your LinkedIn and your resume as freelancer contractor work as soon as you're a part of our community, which is really exciting. And a lot of people have been using that. So it looks really great on your LinkedIn to see that you're in this freelancing contracting world. But also for people who are new and trying to get more experience, it looks really good on your resume as well to have that connection. Speaking of resumes, Jasmine is a resume queen. (laughs) I love a resume. Give me a resume. (laughs) So, and you have a great one. Oh, thank Um, you. And so what I'm wondering is what are your top three tips for someone trying to clean up their resume? Oh, man. Okay. Number one, make sure they're 
are no formatting issues. As soon as mm. I look at a resume, if I see too much space somewhere that it doesn't make sense, it's done. I'm like over it. I'm like, I can't. You got to fix that for me. <laughs> Number two, make sure there's something that pulls the eye. I get a lot of black and white resumes, which is so boring. I hate to say it, but it is. Mm. If mm-hmm. you can put a pop of color or some animation mm. or something on it that just makes it stand out. The other thing, make sure you don't lie because we'll find out. And I always, yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, I'll see something. I'm like, I worked there before. I know you weren't there. Like, <laughs> you know, or, you know, everybody knows everyone. So make sure that whatever you're putting on your resume is truthful, that it makes sense. If you make a mistake with like a date issue or something, you know, just just make sure all of that stuff is right. Because we will find out. <laughs> we will. I promise. Or you'll already know. It. <laughs> or I already know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, okay. So over on the events, so you mentioned there were a number of events that you all have been doing. The sound design summoning for Halloween seemed super fun. For those who didn't attend, it was a sound design competition where everyone was sound designing a very spooky scene for Halloween. Everyone got to listen and and vote on the best one. Mm-hmm, yeah, it was so cool what people were doing. They were adding like demon voices and children's laughter and it, it was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And I know you've done other online events, as you mentioned earlier. I will say, Pod People had some legendary in-person events before the pandemic. I heard. Rachel King, who started our company, our CEO, would have these incredible happy hours in L.A., in New York. I think she did one maybe in London. Mm -hmm. Do you see those coming back as well? A hundred percent, especially once it's warmer and I could put on something cute. I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic, because I know those are always a great time and a good balance to if you are in a major city, I'm sure we'll try to expand to more, but it's a great way to meet people in person in addition to all the great events we have going on online. Mm -hmm. On that note, what do you think makes for a good event online? Ooh, what a good question. Um, I think it has to be like a two-parter. It has to be something that is interactive. Um, that people can get into. But a lot of times people don't want to interact the entire time because we do so many Mm. other things during the day. So Mm -hmm. the other part needs to be something that we can either watch or engage in, but kind of Mm. in a removed way. So that's the way we've been setting up the event since I've been here. It's kind of like we get about 30 minutes of some type of either instruction or interview or something of that caliber where people are watching and then Mm -hmm. 30 to 45 minutes of, okay, now it's your turn. Let's get in here and get dirty Mm. together. And that's been really successful because not only are we learning together, but then we can take some of those skills that we learned and talk about them through the interactive part. And people really like to show off what they do as well. And it's kind of highlighting members who may not want to be like the person in front of everyone speaking, Mm. which is really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. Removed, but engaged. Removed engagement. It's almost like I'm leaned in, but I'm leaned in on a couch. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I just am so thrilled. And thank you for running through all of those amazing things we have going on. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on that's currently happening? Um. I don't think there's anything else except for, you know, we're planning a lot for next year. We have some really awesome, hopefully big ideas that we'll be launching in January, which I'm very excited for. So I hope that everybody just keeps their ears out. And if you're on Circle, you'll hear about them before everyone else. So make sure that you are in there. (laughs) I guess on that note, as you've come into this position, what are your hopes and dreams, you know, for how the community element of Pod People builds over the coming years? So when I'm thinking about community, I'm thinking about accessibility, impact, and engagement. Those are the three things. Mm. And 
I would really hope that as we are building out our programming, we are really thinking about, are we being the most accessible people that we can be? Are we providing mm. opportunities where everybody can be engaged in the same types of ways, depending on their learning needs and their, their focuses that they need? So I'm really thinking about the resources that we're creating and are we really impacting all the parties that are involved in our community? With that, that means that we're making a lot of connections with bigger agencies and things in hopes that we can bring people in to talk to our community because those are the people that a lot of the people in our community want to interact with. They want to talk to the people who are the hiring managers at big companies. They want to be in the room with big hosts because they have aspirations of being there and to really have those conversations and to really be in the same room with those people is important. With that, I want to make sure that we are building out to the community that we have, not to the community that we want. And I think that's mm. something that a lot of companies get in trouble with, where they're like, we want everyone to be here, the top, mm. the best that they can be. So we're only building for that. But at Pod People, I think we have this really special place where we want all of our talent to level up. And we want them yeah. to get there. And we want to create opportunities for them to get there instead of just hoping that they come in there. And so I'm doing a lot of work of assessing where our community is skill-wise, talent-wise, professionalism, and making things to help them get to where they want to be versus expecting them to be where they want to be, which I hope will be very impactful in the future. And I hope that having all of these platforms and things that we're building right now is leaning towards that vision. Well, that is a beautiful vision. Oh, and I know you. that we will accomplish it <laughs> as we already are. And so on that note, I would love to hear your favorite thing about pod people. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. I love pod people. I've had an amazing <laughs> like month and a half already. I think that we are breaking some boundaries and, and doing the dirty work to make podcasts better in the future and to make mm -hmm. audio work better in the future. And ultimately I think it's going to make artistry better in the future. Mm. I think Rachel King is dope. Like mm -hmm. I look up to her at this point and she just has a vision and an eye that is unbelievable. And I think it has rained and trickled down into the staff and the staff is incredible as well. And I just think amazing yeah. things are going to come from this group. Yeah. She definitely has an eye and an ear for mm -hmm. talent, yes. I would say both of those. Yeah, I just am so grateful, you know, that the company is continuing to level up and the fact that we are offering both, you know, really great working opportunities through our production arm and through our staffing arm, but also a really enriching community experience that's just going to hopefully get more and more robust. And as you said, help people to level up to where they need to be mm -hmm. or, you know, be able to network to meet the people they need to within our industry. And so, really excited about, as Ashton puts it, all those bridges that we're going to be building in the years to come. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Jasmine, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. Had fun. Thank you for joining me on this Community Spotlight episode. I'm so excited to see what y'all think of our plans for the community. So if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything, please send me an email at jasmine at podpeople.com. On next week's episode of Pod People's Podcast for People Who Make Podcasts, we're excited to have another Spotlight episode, but this time with Carl K. Robinson Jr., who lives up to the gold Pod People standard. Growing up in the Bay Area, from an early age, I was so drawn in to music, more so music first. Audio came later. 
The Pod People team is Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, Andrea Perez, Ashton Carter, Isabel Genius, Amy Machado, Alex McManus, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Madison Lesby, Jasmine Hammond, and Brian Rivers. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed and engineered by Andy Bosnick. All links mentioned in this episode are listed in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if you're a community member, join our moderated discussion platform, the Pod People Circle, to see all of our shows, events, and resources. If you're not a community member and you'd like to be, and you definitely do, join the Pod People community by going to podpeople.com slash join. Send us an email at hello at podpeople.com if you have any questions. Can't wait to keep this conversation going. What is this with siblings of creative people being like too buttoned up? My sister works in counterterrorism. So I feel like, I'm like, ooh, I'm slacking over here making podcasts, you know? I know. <laughs> You're literally taking down terrorists.